0: Welcome to Making the Choice 2, a podcast series discussing the transitional time and space around each life choice we make. In this first episode, I speak with my dear friend, Caitlin Ludlow, about her journey of making choices, specifically their choices of place, and the freedom within not always knowing why. So many things we talked about in this conversation resonated with how I have been feeling about many things in this transitional season of life. I invite you to listen in with a curious mind and see where this conversational journey takes you. Well, welcome, Caitlin. I'm so happy to have you here today. Um, And I was wondering if you could give us a little bit of an overview on your journey, um, your life journey, and what's led you here Mm. back to Northern Michigan.
1: Wonderful, so good to be here and I, as you know, so appreciate having like a context of the moment that I'm in and right now just being surrounded by the snow and the sunshine and the blue sky and seeing the sun fading is just, yeah, appreciating this moment of, of peace and reunion. And, and I suppose as all things are, are relevant and related, um, being back in northern michigan where we are we are experiencing all of the seasons in a more significant mm-hmm. way than maybe areas that i was spending time prior to landing back here um specifically california comes to mind i've also spent some time in utah which gets the seasons in a different way mm-hmm. um and yeah it's it's so interesting how So many questions can be interpreted in so many different ways. And that particular question, in certain ways, is is leading me back to like the very beginning. Ah, And I know for (laughs) for time's sake, I won't, yeah, I won't go through the whole the whole journey, at least not in this moment, but essentially the big catalyst for inspiring my move to Northern Michigan was my body, Mm -hmm. my body saying no, um, (laughs) to the nomadic lifestyle that I was living, which looked like leading hiking and biking vacations Mm -hmm. all over the world. Specifically, I was mostly in, in the Western United States. And prior to that, I had been leading wilderness therapy itineraries and, um, and my body for a number of reasons was just done with that. And I knew it intuitively far before my body like really shut it down, but I wasn't, I didn't listen and I needed, I needed the the lesson to be repeated a little bit louder mm. until I finally had to listen. And so what that actually manifested as was um, Epstein-Barr virus reactivation, which is also mononucleosis um, in a chronic form. So it, oftentimes when people get mononucleosis, it's, you know, maybe two weeks of just being totally bedridden Mm -hmm. and exhausted. And the reactivation often takes the form of a more chronic Mm long-term addition. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what was was happening at the time. I just knew that I was very depleted Mm -hmm. and something was off and I couldn't keep showing up to work and showing up to this lifestyle that I was living because at the time I was in Santa Barbara and then I was in Hawaii and I was working you know 16 hour days being very other oriented so taking care of everyone else's needs Mm -hmm. um sharing hotel rooms with my coworkers there was just a lot of pieces where it's like this isn't conducive to right to resting and recuperating and so mostly out of like necessity, I quit that job and packed up my car, which was in California at the time and drove back to Northern Michigan because this is where my mom was living. And this was like, you know, in that moment of kind of the survival instincts kicking in of like, whoa, you know, I'm so overwhelmed by, and I don't really know what to do. And so what's the most easeful option Mm -hmm. and thankfully I have parents specifically my mom in this case who you know has an open door policy unspoken where it's like I knew I could come back and and I didn't know how long I would stay I thought that Mm -hmm. as soon as I got back here and and had my own door to close and could just really rest that I would start feeling better um and lo and behold you know now it's been almost three years of of really like Having to reprogram and look at my, like, these deeper layers of conditioning and patterns that ultimately led to this place where I was so burned out and so disconnected that I just, that my body fully shut down, um... So it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be where it's just like, I'll just go home, take a little sabbatical, you know, month long (laughs) sabbatical, and then I'll be back out there Mm -hmm. summiting mountains and, you know, backpacking and things like this. And so it hasn't been as clear and clean as like just being back in Northern Michigan. Like I did end up bouncing back to California, but ultimately now have been here for over a year Mm -hmm. and, and it feels you know, I'm at a place now where it's not just like I'm here because it's the only option. It's like, no, I actually want to be here. Right. So that's been a big shift.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Thanks for listening. (laughs) Of
0: course. To the
1: winding, the winding path.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel like, yeah, it's always winding though. And yeah, for even myself, I feel like I've had to realize that like that, transitional period is a lot longer than you think it's going to be mm. and it just you don't yeah you don't always realize that you're going to be in a certain place whether like it's physical or like even emotional or mental for a certain period of time until it's happening mm-hmm. and i mean it's it's definitely <laughs> a good challenge i think but yeah just surprising in all ways
1: <laughs> absolutely and i think you know people speak pretty openly about you know relationally how relationships specifically of the romantic kind Mm -hmm. come up when you least expect it and i feel like just we are relational beings and so our relationship to place i feel like Mm -hmm. operates similarly where like we don't necessarily know why we're being called toward a certain spot like Mm -hmm. this most recent transition from california to Michigan. It was like, I don't really know why I feel this need to go back. There was the, my mom was downsizing and moving out of our home that I grew up in. So there was a wanting to say goodbye, but there was something more that I didn't, I couldn't put words to. Mm -hmm. And I just trusted that little inkling. And, and so, and I know you're similar, you know, Mm -hmm. you similarly were drawn to Portland maybe with some clarity and also some unknown reason and yeah. And just be like, how do we, I guess the question that comes up for me is how do we open, kind of get out of our own ways, right? Get out, get out of (laughs) our own way and like soften that analytical mind that Mm -hmm. wants to know exactly (laughs) why and know the reason and just open to the unknowing of like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm I'm going back to northern Michigan, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see what happens. Right. And know that I always have options. Uh-huh. So Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's so true having to like break away from the analytical mind and just mm-hmm. sort of listen to what's happening and not expect anything and just be okay with like mm-hmm. whatever is going on and that it's all part of the process.
1: Yes. Yes, I feel like the most magical, I know the most magical moments in my life have been when I've been able to drop beneath that analytical Mm
0: -hmm.
1: conditioned mind because magic, like inherently there's mystery. There's mystery in the magic and, and I often find myself talking with people about you know think coming to this place of like thank goodness we don't have control yeah we don't know (laughs) like we can't control the outcome because that Mm -hmm. would be so boring yes and like humans are so (laughs) at least the way i know my mind and i know most human minds are so limited Mm -hmm. like so constrained and so thank goodness life happens in these unexpected ways that break us like offer us opportunities to break outside of those right those walls that of the conditioned mind Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah for sure
1: Mm. um
0: well i (laughs) read a few of your blog posts which were very i i feel like i connected to them a lot Mm. (laughs) a lot of different ways Mm. um so going referencing some of your blog things um the one about or sort of going through your metamorphosis Mm -hmm, stage mm -hmm. very (laughs) relevant yeah um you talk about the moment a caterpillar knows to begin its chrysalis process Mm -hmm. um, and how you had a moment of recognizing the beginning of this transformation process for yourself um so i was wondering if you still feel feel like you're in like that pupa stage Mm -hmm. of transition or if you feel like you've reached
1: your butterfly mm. hood. <laughs> mm, it's such a juicy question. Yeah, and something I haven't, admittedly, haven't reflected on. So get to do some stream of conscious processing, which is my favorite. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I feel like I'm at a point where I can more quickly come back to the the sense of of recognizing the seasons and the cycles of life Mm -hmm. instead of this linear oriented path that I feel like, again, we've been programmed to believe like the, you know, the masculine, the, um, the left brain, the left hemisphere, that's how that operates. Mm -hmm. And we live in a culture where that dominates. And so opening to this more dynamic, cyclical vortex I mean just so many different ways were being moved mm-hmm. that is not just the linear one step in front of the other and so in that vein I feel as if the wintering season is so much about cocooning mm-hmm. and I, I see how part of what led me to that that breaking point or that initiation moment and that decision you know it didn't right. feel like a decision but it was a decision to come home to michigan um was me not honoring the seasons and mm-hmm. just and being very linear in my in my um just all things i suppose mm-hmm. and so now i'm slowly allowing my body to have that like every year have that wintering regardless of where I am in the world. Like there's always some sense of winter, even if there's not snow on the ground, like maybe it gets a little bit colder, certainly a little darker. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose the exception is when you're close to the equator, but, but finding like the time because we're, you know, we're creatures. And even though it's easy to feel as humans, like we're these invincible supernatural beings it's like we're also being impacted so mm-hmm. so i suppose i feel as if i have come emerged from the chrysalis mm-hmm. since i wrote that um because it's been i think over a certainly over a year maybe even two years mm-hmm. so emerge from like the intensity of that chrysalis that i was in where i li- i in certain weeks or months, I felt like I couldn't even really like go out of the house or engage with other people because I felt so, so depleted. So I'm, I'm not at that point. However, I am in a state of really wanting to conserve energy and be really intentional and sleeping 12 hours a night and, (laughs) and not feeling as like, like I need to be, sharing things out into the world it's like it feels like the time to really tend the soil um and tend the inner world knowing that the spring equinox and the summer solstice are we're moving toward them and there will be another time to do that so (laughs) exactly yeah
0: yeah i like that perspective of like it's uh, like almost as if like the winter is for our bodies to acknowledge, like, that we need rest and to take that rest mm-hmm. and, like, recognize that <laughs> the, the other seasons with more to do are coming and mm-hmm. we need that period of rest to accomplish all those things. So. Yes,
1: yes, that yeah. there's different seasons <laughs> for different – like, each season holds a different energy.
0: Right. And
1: yeah. while it's not going to look exactly the same for every person – It's like there are, we do share that just as humans and again, naming, like it's impossible not to name that we live in a culture that doesn't, hasn't normalized that yet. So it's still pretty radical to be like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to slow down because it's winter Mm -hmm. and like we don't have systems in place where like our workplaces probably don't, if you came to them with like, Hey. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to cut down on my hours because it's right. winter time and, you know, the out, like the world is, everything is telling me to slow down. Mm-hmm. They probably look at me <laughs> right. like crazy. Um, so that's my dream is that, you know, it becomes more and more common place Yeah, that to, would be awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Mm. Um,
0: going off of the stages of your Caterpillar life, <laughs> I wondered if there was any, like, feeling of, like, on a more smaller scale, like, a cycle of mm-hmm. that, like, th- trifecta, sort of, like, moving in and out of all three stages from
1: mm-hmm. time to time. Mm-hmm. Like, moments in my life where all of those things are are present, or...
0: That, and just, like, if there were, I guess, like, micro periods of time where... You felt like the caterpillar, pupa, butterfly transition in a smaller scale maybe?
1: Yeah. What I've noticed as I lean into, you know, being, I suppose, embracing the entrepreneurial lifestyle and process, I've noticed that, yeah, these things can happen on a micro scale within a day even of like when I am in the process another analogy that just continues to feel so potent and so relevant in so many realms is the birthing analogy like this i and it it almost doesn't even feel like an analogy it feels like real like you're birthing True, with yeah. creative with anything creative you're literally, you're giving birth it might not be mm-hmm. through the birth canal <laughs> right. but it's like still this process of mm-hmm just gestation and you know so much of your energy is being invested into that idea or that project and then there comes that moment when it's like time to actually put it out into the world and it's like intense and scary and there's that moment of like oh my god am i i mean maybe not am i gonna die but like similar intensity of like
0: Mm -hmm. I have
1: no idea what's about to happen. And just that moment of surrender and like giving it over to some, you know, like trusting your body or just trusting the greater power that you subscribe to. And um, so just in that process, I've noticed like the contraction and the expansion Mm -hmm. of like feeling the contraction of like unworthiness and limiting beliefs and, I don't know. And then, you know, the courage that allows me to just go for it anyways. And then the expansion that results afterwards. So I see that being, you know, it could be the chrysalis butterfly, right? Like same sort of energy. And so just the other day that happened where (laughs) I'm doing, you know, I'm going to be offering a six week women's circle and, Mm -hmm. um, and felt, called to share, you know, to make sure people know about it. Cause that's something I'm really having to work, work toward is like the self-promotion and the marketing feel can feel so not aligned because it feels so strange. You know, that feeling, I mean, any like creating resumes, anything that Uh
0: when you're applying
1: and you're having to like write about yourself (laughs) or, um, it just feels so unnatural in certain ways. And yet, Mm. I've, I've come to this point of like, if I'm not sharing what I'm offering, you know, giving people access to know about what I'm offering, then I'm not doing anyone a service because then people aren't going to know about it. So anyways, I, you know, I dug deep and I put, put some time and energy and words into naming what I'm offering. And there was just this like, oh, this, this total contraction of like, Mm you know, no one, there wasn't a ton of outreach that came as a result. And I'm like, what am I doing? Am I doing something wrong? Mm -hmm. Like just all of the self doubt. And then Mm -hmm. that moment of just like needing, like having to let it go because I knew that it was just going to create more of that negative thought loop that I just don't want in my psyche. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next day that, you know, someone signed up and, and I was like, that was all it took to just be filled with like this sense of no, this is important and people do see like, and I am having an impact. And Mm -hmm. so yes, the answer is yes. And it just happened very recently. (laughs) Yeah. And I imagine I could describe that same thing happening this morning when I was teaching a a stretching class. So
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah. And as far as like, presence on social media and like figuring out since this itself is going Mm -hmm. on social media like i've for years have struggled with like what is this doing like is this is this Mm. what it needs is this like taking away from the essence of like the craft itself by sharing it with this like ambiguous yeah audience that i don't even know who Mm -hmm. it is really Mm -hmm. um but yeah i feel like there is even though the response isn't the same as like a verbal in-person response Mm -hmm. i feel like there is something with that like people do see it and like are gaining things from it even if it's a small number even if it doesn't feel like if it's not the same outcome like feeling wise Mm -hmm. internally like it still is benefiting on somewhat of a scale that yeah. that is important to some people, so
1: yes, absolutely, and and the lesson that I've learned and try to remember because I still forget even though I've learned it is that when things and this this maybe sounds a little bit counterintuitive, um, but when something is like coming from a place of self, like um, almost a self-ish place, a a self-centered place of like, I need this. Like Mm -hmm. I, and you could also, the framework could also be like when something's coming from a place of joy, like I genuinely want to be doing this. I want to be writing this, or I'm so excited about this photo and I just feel called to put words to it. Mm -hmm. Um, or in this case, you know, I personally am really needing a group of women like a, a community mm-hmm. space and so creating from a place of what it is we need. Right. So then even if it if it doesn't land with anyone, like there's still it's like, well I was doing that for me. And and so there's no I guess it it liberates the person, myself in this case, from needing anything from it it's like I can share on social media and even if I don't get a single like or a single comment (laughs) like I don't care right because it was for me yes um and and I I see where there are there could be that could be problematic um maybe in certain contexts but I found that to be a helpful framework just Mm -hmm. to keep coming back to like nope this is what I'm needing and like if it just impacts one other person that's enough Right, Like I don't need it to limit it or I guess um, softening that perfectionist in me. That's like, (laughs) it needs to be perfect. It needs to land. It needs to have this massive impact in order for it to have been worth it. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. mm, mm. Um,
0: I think that segues well into the next question I had. Um, So in another blog post, which I think was a, little bit longer ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) you talked about the beauty of losing your mind and how it Mm -hmm. allows you to lose control of something that maybe you never really actually had control of in the first Mm -hmm. place um so how often do you find you need to like remind yourself that it's okay to lose control um once and like once again enter sort of this like mind loss state in Mm -hmm. a way (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Mm, Yes. I love that this is resurfacing <laughs> these things that I, that I wrote and I appreciate you having gone back into the, into the yes. records and, <laughs> um, and I, I can very easily connect with that version of myself that wrote that because that was at a point. In fact, I have like a visual of when I was writing it and, um, I was at a place where I was really bumping up against all of these limiting beliefs and conditioning and programming and just feeling so exhausted by them and just recognizing like that, even the, the title of that blog post, like the subtle art of losing Mm -hmm. your mind, um, which is a play on, um, I think it's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, which oh, you might gotcha. have to edit that out. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> oh, um, which is a book that is, you know, is wonderful in its own way. But um, yeah, just really, I was viewing my mind as this really unhelpful part of me that I just I just wanted a break from. Because it mm-hmm. just, I, I recognized, you know, it was a moment of awareness of like, wow, so much of my suffering and this this dis-ease in my body is coming from my mind like it wasn't even the physical symptoms were being perpetuated by the thought patterns and that's something Mm -hmm. I've learned more about um since then and so yeah i was just really wanting to to distance myself and and coming to terms with like i'd be okay if i lost my mind you know right. like my mind the mind isn't all it's cracked up to be yeah. Like yeah. and again we live in a we live in a culture and in a time where the mind has been the mind has been like i think unhelpfully glorified. Mm -hmm. Um and I think about Descartes, even like, you know, he's known for saying, like, I think, therefore I am. And in doing so, like completely severed the mind from the body. Right. Of like, because we are thinking beings means we're we're alive. And it's like there is so much more to this human experience than that. And like and the mind disconnected from the body is so dangerous is what I've learned um, and and felt and so how it how it shows up in my life now is is coming when I'm able, coming back to this sense of like recognizing that I'm not I'm not my mind and I'm also not my body like there's right. I am the like the awareness that is aware of those things. Um, and it, it's so liberating. Um, and it, you know, it, maybe it happens once a week or (laughs) maybe on a good week, it'll happen once every day when I'm meditating or something like this. It's not like that's how I live (laughs) every moment (laughs) of every day, but even just to have that, those small moments of awareness is worth celebrating because that's how it it takes root and and grows, and so, um, yeah. I think I think that's that's where I've landed with that, and um, and from that place of not being so um, identified with the mind and the body, I have access to. Possibility and potential, and love, and abundance, and right. creativity—you know all the things that I imagine most, if not like all humans, long for. Mm-hmm. Um, so.
0: Yeah, no, that's an awesome point about being the awareness
1: mm. of your
0: mind and your body, but not either one. Mm-hmm. That's that's huge. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: It is, and that's like what most spiritual teachings. Mm -hmm. are sharing you know whether it's Christianity or Buddhism or Hinduism like there's usually and I I'm not an expert on this by any means (laughs) but what I've gathered just from the teachers who have blended a lot of different spiritual texts and and synthesized them is is that it's it's the whatever we can do to connect with that that divinity that is right. within and without, and um, yeah, and the human, the human body and the human mind are, are inherently, um, like have their limitations just because of them being human and being fallible. Um, So yeah, it just, there's a sense of peace and, and trust when I'm able to connect with that, Mm -hmm. that awareness.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's
1: awesome.
0: Mm. Um, I loved your statement. I guess that where you said, why call it a crisis when you can call it an awakening? Mm. I feel like there've been so many moments in the past few months Where, like, I really have realized, like, okay, I can go into full-on crisis mode (laughs) right Mm -hmm. now, or I can treat this as an opportunity to, like, Mm. see it as an awakening and realize that there's so much to learn and grow from here. So, Mm. um, I guess, what advice do you have for shifting that perspective of, like... (sighs) Instead of treating it as a crisis, Mm -hmm. treating it as an awakening. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that was offered to me by a teacher of mine and this particular person really... The gift that they gave me was one in which encouraged me to really look at the words that I'm using to Mm. both speak to myself and to... You know, when we... Put something to words when we channel our thoughts into words it like makes it real in some way whether whether you're talking to a tree or you're talking to another human you know it doesn't really matter it's just that that channeling of energy or that transformation of energy into words Mm -hmm. and and not to give words too much power because some of my most connective moments of feeling Seen by another person or another being in general are one are the ones where words were not spoken. Mm-hmm. So, so not to put too much emphasis on words, but when we are using words, I think it's really important to to really get curious about what words we're using right. um, because they do have an energetic mm-hmm. component. Whether that's just. Like based on their definition alone or just based on what culture has ascribed to that word. Um, And so, yeah, something like, you know, a crisis inherently communicates, like, I'm in trouble, I need help, I... You know, there's, like, a survival in... Like, even just saying it, my nervous system is like, oh, my God, we're not okay. Like, I'm not okay, I need to figure... Yeah. Whereas awakening just feels like mm-hmm. like there's an openness
0: there, <laughs> right.
1: And it's and it's the same, yeah, I also think about, again, there's nothing there is nothing inherently wrong or bad about a word. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I imagine that it has a lot to do with with getting away from from binary. Right. ways of thinking too, like yeah, the good, the good, the bad uh-huh. the right, the wrong right. like going into this like it feels like a practice of space like creating spaciousness mm-hmm. and, and again opening up to curiosity and wonder instead of just immediately going into like this is a crisis, this is mm-hmm. bad something's wrong with me right. How can we open to 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 the not knowing, to the mm-hmm. unknown, which I imagine more so than ever. People just with the pandemic and these these times we're living yeah. in, there's a sense of that of like, wow, there's Sorry. so much we don't know. Um, and and there, while there's there can be a lot of fear mm-hmm. in that, there's also so much possibility and i I just my train of thought thought came back of gotcha. like how the the energy that often people might describe as as anxiety or even like worry or nervousness, like that same energy in a different context can be excitement, right? Like this term i've I've started using it more nerve sighted. Because it's like, it's nervousness and it's excitement. And they feel like they're on the same, the same coin, right? (laughs) Like Like two sides of the same coin. Yeah.
0: yeah. And
1: similarly, like grief and and joy are like, they're just so, you almost can't separate them. Um, And so depending on our inner state, that will influence how we interpret a situation. Like Mm -hmm. one person might see something as worthy, like inspiring excitement and another person might see it as inspiring anxiety or nervousness, just depending on our inner resourcing and and a myriad of factors. But again, words and how we choose to express ourselves and just imagining that as I suppose the advice I would impart, if I Mm. might, would be to really, um, become aware of the words we're choosing Mm and imagine ourselves as storytellers because that is what right. we are as humans regardless of whether you identify with that or not it's like we're we're weaving stories together and mm-hmm. um and our words matter yeah and they're they're they have an energetic quality to them that is going to ripple in in ways we probably don't know and right. and can't expect <laughs> yes. but yeah yeah mm. i love that
0: yes and i feel like more recently I've realized how important words are I don't know if like being more of a movement centered person Mm. I never really like cared or like (laughs) thought about that aspect of like how I'm communicating as much as like maybe bodily communication Mm -hmm. but yeah I like yeah just over the past few months have noticed myself like slowing down like when I'm talking to people and like almost saying it a certain way but then stepping back and be like okay wait there are other words I could choose here Mm -hmm. to make it not sound so aggressive and like make it sound how I want it to sound because like so many times I feel like I've said things like I have it in my head how I want it to turn out but then it doesn't (laughs) end up that way once Mm -hmm. it reaches the outside world but yeah just like being able to pay attention to that and, like, understand, like, there are other words I could use right now mm-hmm. and, like, choosing those instead.
1: Yeah, and there are shit. options. <laughs> right. It's much... Yeah, coming back to that place of agency is so, so powerful for flipping the script, especially if you're working with trauma. Because right. in trauma that's the first thing that gets taken away is our feeling like we have choice. Yeah. And so as many times as we're able in these different ways coming back to like I can choose and and I commend you for mm-hmm. you know having the awareness and and pausing because that's an essential step in breaking patterns, right? right. It's like it's not going <laughs> to happen overnight. It's not like you can <laughs> set the intention and and Think about how you want to change the way that you're speaking and it really requires that practice and consistency and repetition and pausing is so big because when there's space, then you can make a different choice. Mm -hmm. You're less likely to default to that, um, that well-oiled neural pathway
0: exactly Mm. yeah
1: (laughs) and it is a journey right oh for sure I mean there's no end point no like not at all yeah
0: but that's the beauty of it I Mm -hmm. think knowing that there's always room for improvement
1: amen yes (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: well I, that is all
1: that I have But <laughs> so good uh, thank you so much this is so fun yes well thank
0: you so much yes at the heart of her work Caitlin is a community creator through working with breath movement guided imagery meditation and nature connection practices Caitlin invites people to enter into a deeper con- connection with themselves our human and other human communities and our earth body Caitlin's website, which I highly encourage you to check out, is orienttothrive.com, and you can find that linked in the description. Here you will find the various blog posts that we discussed in the episode, plus many other pertinent topics of discussion. And if you feel so inclined to receive updates on Caitlin's offerings and a little bit of inspiration every couple weeks, which I know I always enjoy, you can subscribe to her newsletter also found on her website. Caitlin would also love to start working one-on-one with people, so if this is something you're interested in, head on over to the contact page on their website and let them know. The music for this podcast is brought to you by bensound.com, and Anchor is the platform that got this podcast to your ears. Thanks for making the choice to tune in.